Hello, ma'am. Uh, welcome to Love Heals Cancer and Zenonco.io. I'm Justina from Zenonco.io. This is our cancer healing journey talk where we invite speakers who have gone through uh, cancer, maybe as a patient, caregivers or survivors. These CAJs are very close to our hearts because many patients tell us that when they listen to others' journey, it inspires them. It helps them to boost confidence and gives them hope that if others have been successfully beaten this disease, why can't they? So thank you so much, ma'am, for joining our today's CHA talk. So could you please introduce yourself and tell us how it all began? Good morning. Hi, my name is Carla Harrington, and I'm honored to be part of uh, this session on today. Um, I'm just honored to be part of um, sharing my story and my testimony about my journey uh, with colon cancer. So um, in 2007, for about a year, I went undiagnosed, uh, misdiagnosed for about a year. Um, it started out with abdominal pains, shortness of breath, and bloating. And I had gone to numerous doctors um, and no one could really tell me what was going on. As a matter of fact, I was sent home with Vitron C and just told I was severely anemic. But I knew something was wrong because I, I wasn't feeling well and I wasn't getting any better. And by the end of 2007, close to about October, September, October, I became acutely ill and I ended up in the hospital getting three blood transfusions. During that time, they requested a hematologist come in, and her name is Dr. Patel, who's my current oncologist. And right away, she knew why I was losing so much blood in my stool. And she requested a colonoscopy. Um, and I believe it was December of 2007, I had the colonoscopy. And three days before Christmas, um, I was told um, after I had gone through um, the cold, after we finished the colonoscopy, I, uh, it, I was told that I had a tumor the size of a golf ball that was blocking in my transverse colon, the transverse area, and that I needed emergency surgery. So they scheduled me for surgery, and it did take about another month or so. So in in the beginning of February of 2008, I was scheduled to have a partial colectomy. And it removed about 50% about of my colon, maybe 60% of my colon. Um, and I was told that I, they weren't sure if I would make it through surgery. And they weren't sure, sure as to how far the cancer had spread it. Um, so after the surgery, the surgery was successful. They removed um, the transverse area of my colon as well as the surrounding lymph nodes. And I was in the hospital for about nine days. During that time, the surgeon, um, he was a wonderful surgeon. He came in and he stated uh, after, after pathology had come back that I had stage three, three C colon cancer. Um, during that time, it was a shock. 
um, because I was doing all of the right things. I was eating healthy. Um, I did, wasn't eating pork or beef or anything like that. And I was 38 years old at the time when I was diagnosed. So um, after completing my hospital stay, they set me up for to have chemotherapy. They gave me the option to have a port put in or to do the pill form, which is called, called Zalota. So I wanted to, to continue to work. So I decided to do the pill form, which was four large pills in the morning, four in the afternoon and four at night. And I thought that it would be a lot better for me, but actually it was just as toxic, I thought, as taking the port because I became um, nauseous. Um, I couldn't, uh, you know, be outside with the sun. My hands were blue, my feet were blue, and they hurt. Um, loss of appetite. I think I lost about 20 pounds during the whole process. And I ended up back in the hospital a couple of times of being dehydrated. So I ended up doing the chemotherapy for about 10 months. During that time, I would also have to go to the hospital two or three days to do infusion therapy um, to help with my immune system. But eventually I got through it after 10 months. And um, afterwards, Maybe about um, um, three, it took about three years for me to completely get through the whole process. End up having about three more surgeries. Scar tissue that had formed where the surgical air incision um, was located, as well as a lymph node under my arm I had to have removed. Um, so as of today, 14 years later, I have no evidence of disease. So my doctor said that I am cancer-free. It's so good to know, ma'am, that, that it has been so long and the recurrence, nothing. There is no trace that you, you know, have went through so much in those three years. It would have been pretty tough, but still you managed to get it over and you are still, you know, managing to have such a healthy lifestyle yes. all over again. Yeah. So, Good to know, ma'am. So uh, was there any uh, family history from your side? Um, at the current time, well, at the time while I was going through cancer, I didn't think to, they asked me had any of my relatives had colon cancer. Um, but I asked my mother and my father and no one knew. But years later, as a matter of fact, it was around 2014, 2015, my father's brother ended up with colon cancer and he succumbed to it within less than a year, his stage four. And I found out that it actually ran on my father's side of the family. So it was, I think, genetic. Okay. So as you said that, you know, it was all shocking and all. So how did your parents and your family, other family members reacted to this diagnosis news? I think everyone was shocked because I was so young. And at that particular time, 
Um, usually colonoscopies were not given until you were about 50 years old. But now, because of so many young people, uh, as far as as young as teenagers um, are getting, it's getting colon cancer. Now, um, if you advocate that you're not feeling well and you think that there's something going on um, and you have those symptoms, then you can get a referral and approval and a recommendation to get a colonoscopy. Um, I do believe um, that the current age could be 30, I believe, as, as the earliest that you can get it. I was told that uh, my children needed to get a colonoscopy um, annually um, when they turned 30. So, but my family was very supportive, but they were pretty much shocked and really didn't understand cancer. So I became an advocate for my own health and I wanted to educate myself and my family as much as I could uh, in regards to how it happened, how it could have happened, how to get through it, and how to survive it. Okay, so it's so good, ma'am, that you're still, you know, like spreading awareness, giving knowledge to, you know, like giving knowledge to your upcoming generation just to avoid what you went through and, you know, not to repeat the history. That's great. Okay. So, um, uh, was there any comorbidities during your cancer journey? Was there? I'm sorry. Comorbidities? Like any side effects like um, hypertension or anything such as? Oh, the side effects uh, from chemotherapy. I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. The side effects from the chemotherapy um, was the nausea. I was nauseated a lot and um, I couldn't stay in the sun. I couldn't really be in the sun because of the Zoloda pill form chemotherapy that I, um, they had me on for, for about 10 months. But other than that, um, I did get dehydrated as well um, a, a couple of times and ended up back in the hospital um, because it just flushes your whole system. Um, getting rid of the bad cells, but also killing some of your good cells. Um, but after the 10 months, it took me about three years to to actually um, feel like I was healthy again. So this three years would have been very, you know, felt like so long for you because three years is pretty long, actually. So it would have been pretty tough for you. So um, um, what were, was there any alternative treatment you thought of or planned with your medical experts during your journey? At the time, um, I was married to my first husband. He succumbed to cancer in 2011. He had lower intestinal cancer. And when he found out, it was stage four. And he survived for about five years afterwards, and he ended up succumbing to it. But back then, he was um, uh, a nutritionalist. And um, we wanted to do herbs, the alternative treatment. But I was told by my oncologist 
that I really needed to do the chemotherapy because it was stage three and then it began to spread in some of my, my lymph nodes. I did, however, do um, a lot of regimens um, like uh, carrot juice. I did a lot of juicing. Um, I didn't eat pork or beef that much before, but I really stayed away from it um, after going through cancer and exercising, just making sure that um, I did a lot of walking and cardiovascular exercising as well. Okay, ma'am. So as the cancer treatment and the cancer journey itself is pretty hard and uh, it went, you know, continued for another three years. So, but still you managed to overcome it. So how did you manage to, you know, mentally, uh, mentally and emotionally be stable during that time? Because it would be very stressful. So how did you manage I think, and I know it's my faith in God and my spiritual walk and my spiritual journey. During that process, I became a licensed and ordained minister. I was part of a great uh, community, uh, church community. Um, it was Cornerstone Peaceful Bible Baptist Church. <laughs> and um, I was surrounded by a lot of great individuals who... Um, helped me along the way in my spiritual walk. And I really wanted to become an advocate for others as well. And so that's what I eventually ended up becoming. I did a cancer leadership program training. I finished that training with the Cancer Center Treatment of America in Pennsylvania, Philadelphia. And um, after that training, another minister, um, her name was Laverne, Reverend Laverne Franklin Jones. We both came back to Maryland and started a cancer care ministry for our community. And people will come for prayer, come for resources, come for um, a place where they can feel safe to share their story and encourage one another through their can their cancer journey as they um, began it or as they were going through it or coming out of it. And as well as caregivers, we provided a place for care caregivers as well to come and to uh, feel like they had su a support system. So we had a support group as well. That's great. Um, like you still, you know, managed to extend hand for the survivors, patients and even caregivers, because for caregivers also, they do have go through hard times, you know, because uh, they'll be seeing their loved ones going through such a very, you know, such a very dark phase. And they also have to like, see them uh, turning from a healthy person to a very, you know, uh, yeah. yes, very breaking down moments they have to witness so it's hard for them also mentally so it's really good that you know the beautiful thought that you have for extending help is very wonderful mm -hmm. so ma'am uh, during that time uh, when you feel that it's too much to handle 
so few some people uh, do journaling some people you know uh, follow a proper exercise routine so what helped you the most during that uh, hard moments i had a really great medical um team uh, my oncologist dr patel um she's been with me since the beginning uh, of 2007 and it's now 2022 and she has helped me along my journey she's professional at what she does and she's an awesome um, faith-filled um, physician and I do have to go back for my appointments every six months to get my blood work done and sometimes um just make and sometimes I may have to get a scan or two if I feel that something is not feeling right because I'm an advocate for my own health. And um, my current husband, I remarried last October, uh, where God opened up a door for me to love again. And so I have a wonderful supportive husband who um, supports me and understands my journey. And he makes sure that I stay on top of my appointments. <laughs> that's that's so great, ma'am. That because during these tough times, we only you know expect from our loved one only, like the uh, support, mental support, and also all kind of support, a motivation. So yes. and also during this time, uh, it's very hard for people to find a proper medical support because there are like different medical experts have different opinions so it's fortunate that you got uh, proper medical support that time so you yeah. managed to stay healthy till now it's a great fortune to be honest so good to know that yes thank you so ma'am as you said that uh, there were many diet plans and all the life changing because uh, when you follow a treatment especially in cancer treatment the lifestyle entirely changes so what were the lifestyle changes happened for you during the cancer treatment and which all you are still following? I would say that the life-changing uh, moments for me um, with my diet um, would be um, is that I'm just very careful about what I eat um, sometimes I may have a taste for something um, here and there, but I try to stay on my regimen. And um, I eat a lot of fruit and vegetables. I drink more water. I do a lot of lemon water now, um, as well as um, I do a lot of walking and just making sure that I do my part to make sure that um, I'm living healthy and I'm living to, I'm, I'm, I'm eating to survive. So um, I think that's the key for me. That's great that, you know, it is the consistency is the key to, you know, achieve anything. So that's great that you're still following a particular regime and you're, you know, uh, taking care of yourself. That's very important. One should actually follow that. Yes. So 
as so much happened you started like uh listening to your body taking care of yourself every day though some cheat days happen but still you you know as you said that you eat to live uh so uh so what are your top 3 learnings that you got from this particular cancer journey wow it changed my perspective on life um i enjoy the smaller things in life now and i enjoy life to the fullest i enjoy nature and my husband and i we enjoy the water so we're always at the beach or um at a lake and it's um it's it's great healing for me for my continued healing process and um I think that I'm more compassionate for others especially for anyone that's going through cancer and if anyone that I hear about is going through colon cancer um if I could be of any assistance I'm usually you know stating that I'm available for anything that you need I feel like I uh have become a calmer person um less stress um because they say that um you should live a um a stress-free lifestyle after going through cancer so that you'll be less likely to succumb to a, a reoccurrence uh so it's been 14 years for me and my doctors tell me that um i have no evidence of disease and i am very thankful and very grateful to god for giving me another chance to help someone uh whether it's someone going through cancer whether it's anyone that's going through end of life because i work in hospice or whether it's just to encourage someone that i see walking on the street. That's great. So ma'am, uh, what message, one message that you want to uh, give to the cancer patients and caregivers? I would just encourage anyone going through cancer to advocate for your own health, listen to your body. If you feel like something is wrong, advocate for yourself to have a CT scan done or um, blood work, or find a doctor or physician who would listen to you, and never give up. Never give up. because there is hope um even in the darkest of times there is hope and even if you're diagnosed in a later stage there still is hope so i would just recommend or just state that if you find um the right physician or medical team to assist you um if you feel comfortable with them then 
I feel like you will have someone in your corner. I feel that um, my faith level has increased. I am a more prayer, prayerful person as well as a, a faith-filled individual who loves God's people and someone who sees the good in everyone. That's, that's beautiful, ma'am. Like, you so much have evolved mentally and physically with you. And it's it's just a growth I can see in you. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was a beautiful message that you conveyed to the uh, cancer patients and caregivers. So on that note, I would believe that this would have been, been a learning journey for you. So one, more thing I yes. yeah, yeah, sure. one more thing I would like to say is um, the other thing that I would that holds me that keeps me going is my family. I have a very loving and caring family. I have a, um, my daughter, my biological daughter, my biological son, uh, my oldest son succumbed to uh, brain aneurysm in two in two thousand eighteen. He was twenty seven, but when I remarried. October of last year, my husband has four grown children, two daughters and two sons. So now I have four bonus children as well as grandchildren. So we're a very close-knit family and family is everything. And family also helps with the healing process when you have so much love to share and you receive love. So I'm very fortunate and I'm very thankful that I have a loving and caring family. And my mother's, my mother's still alive. My father succumbed to lung cancer about two years ago, but I have siblings and a host of relatives and um, some close friends. And so to me, family is everything. Beautiful, yeah, it's very fortunate to have such a loving, supportive family. And you're very fortunate on that. So, ma'am, as, as you said that, you know, you have learned so much, so much change has happened. And uh, in this journey, some people come into your life, some people leave. So I would, you know, just put this journey as a chapter here. So to sum up this chapter uh, in one sentence, what would it be? To sum up this chat, um, it probably would be um, God had a plan for my life. <laughs> he had a plan for my life and he gave me divine healing. Wonderful, ma'am. Thank you so much. Uh, it was very, very inspiring listening to you and your spiritual and your virtues that you hold is just shining out there and, you know, giving hands to so many people who are suffering. So it's really, it was really, uh, uh, you know, good to listen to you. And thank you so much, ma'am, uh, for sharing your experience with us. Uh, we wish you all the very best for your future endeavors. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Take care, ma'am. Bye. Okay, bye-bye.